You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, what can I say? I mean, that was an unreal win. The Philadelphia Eagles looked down and out, being dominated in the first half. They come back in the second half. They pitch a shutout. They get a late touchdown. They make Travis Kelsey, without Taylor Swift in the house, a kind of a goat, and they keep rolling on. These games that they look like they have no business winning, and they find a way to win. Welcome to the Pond Hockey postgame show. We are live from Ocean Casino. I am Mike Missinelli. Tonight with Mark Farzetta and Seth Joyner. And, you know, fellas, i, I got to be honest with you. I didn't see this one coming. After that, I looked at that first half, and in every category, the Eagles were getting dominated, and all of a sudden, they flipped the script, and they win the game. So it's a matter at this point, Seth, I want to go to you first, because I know you're always afraid of the way they win these games, and and so one of these days, they're going to get their comeuppance. I know that's what you're thinking, but they just find a way to win. Who would have thought they would have won this game 21-17 if the Chiefs led 17-7 in the first half? And looked like they had every answer. They blitzed the heck out of the Eagles. Jalen Hurts looked confused. I, I don't know what to say. Listen, at 17-7, to 7, you know, I didn't believe that the Eagles could come back from, from that deficit. But I was reading a stat this week that Jalen Hurts is at his best when this team is behind. And what we just witnessed tonight, man, listen, this team knows how to win. They know how to finish. They know how to find a way to win. You know, I, I, I don't know whether they can win a Super Bowl playing the way that they keep playing. But you know what, Mike? They keep winning. You know, so we can analyze the game any way we want to. But when you look at the standings, you look at the standings, the Dallas Cowboys, the San Francisco 49ers, the, the Detroit Lions, They were drooling on their shirts tonight, assured that the Eagles had let one fall and come back to the pack by one. And they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory (laughs) and won this damn game, man. I'm just like, I'm blown away by what I see. I I am too. I I can't believe they won that game. But to Farsi, they get to the second half and their first drive, because they love that first drive in the second half. The first drive goes three and out. 
I'm looking at the stats. They had 70 of the 79 yards they had with several minutes into the third quarter on the one drive where they scored the first touchdown. They had nine yards. And it looked like Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, had every answer. How did they bust out of this? Well, I, the only explanation is the one that answers the question, what does good teams do? Good teams find ways to win games. I mean, there is no logic. There here, is Barbie. no stat. Well, hold on a second. What have we been saying all year long? You're not going to be able to play with these kinds of mistakes against the upper echelon teams. They have made mistakes against good teams. The Dallas Cowboys, they found a way to win that game. They made mistakes against Miami, even though they play one of their better games in total against Miami, and they beat Miami. And now they come out against the Kansas City Chiefs, the two-time Super Bowl champion, we all know the resume, and they find a way to win this game. You can say what you want about drop balls by the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's true. It's absolutely true. <laughs> But they found a way with that 41-yard touchdown pass with Jalen Hurts, to, or excuse me, t uh, pass that set up the touchdown and the touch push to Devontae Smith. They put that ball right in the bread basket of Devontae Smith. This team has done this all season long. And we've always said, you can't get away with that against mistakes. Well, those kind of mistakes against teams like the Chiefs. They got away with those types of mistakes uh, against Kansas City Chiefs right. tonight. Uh, here was the awakening for the Philadelphia Eagles. After they started the third quarter, we're going, this is not, it's not in the cards tonight. All of a sudden, they get a punt return from Britton Covey, which, which, which energizes the drive. And they get DeAndre Swift. They start running the football. They get DeAndre Swift for a 35-yard carry that gets to the Kansas City 15. And all of a sudden, you go, well, okay, well, they score here. It's a field goal game. And two plays later, Hurts with a beautifully designed keeper and gets into the end zone, seven plays, 61 yards, and it's 17 to 14 all of a sudden. Now, we're thinking at this point, oh, it's 17 to 14. The Chiefs only give up 15 points a game, and Mahomes has got to have some kind of magic up his sleeve. And so what happens is they drive, and Travis Kelsey fumbles the ball. Roby punches it out, and the Eagles get it at the 10. And that turned out, even though the Chiefs did knock on the door from that point on, that turned about to be a huge momentum killer for Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's really what we were talking about going into this game, is whether or not you could win the turnover battle against Kansas City Chiefs. They get those two turnovers. I know the Eagles didn't do much with those turnovers in terms of what they did with the offense. Nothing. Got the ball in their hands. How about they did. nothing? Well, the only <laughs> thing it did was negate seven points possibly by the Kansas City Chiefs. That's the only thing it did. It took points off the board for the Chiefs, but you did, did nothing negate? with it offensively. Did they, did, it, they, did they negate it, or did they do nothing with it? Well, they did nothing okay. other, than, want... other than prevent the seven points <laughs> and help flip the field, at least in some cases, even though Tony all of a sudden out of nowhere started having himself another Wait great game minute. in the return game against the Eagles. They never flipped the field. They went to no, two, they, bubble, they 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 two bubble screens. Two terrible calls. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, terrible and, and, they, and they gave it right back to him, and the Chiefs drove against Seth on that. And, and, and this is where – uh, uh, the great third down throw to Watson where he beat Sidney Brown. Blankenship was coming on the blitz. But again, it fizzled because Watson, alligator arm to pass <laughs> over the middle. And then let's not get to the, to the play of the game, really. It looked like a touchdown to the Chiefs, a beautifully thrown bomb uh, by Patrick Mahomes to uh, Valdez Scantling, who, who, who stone hands it in the end. It's right in his hands, and he doesn't come up with the play. So Kansas City did as much to give this game to the Eagles. But you, listen, when you shut out Can you a say team that again? in the second hit, well, they did. Let's face it. The receivers really were, did not catch well, football but that's, today. 
that's the point. And everybody's going to be like, oh, the Eagles won. There goes Seth Joyner again. <laughs> you know, so the question that I have to ask you, when you look at the win-loss column, it will say that the Eagles are 9-1, and one, okay? But you have to ask yourself tonight, did the Eagles win this game or did Kansas City in a way give it to them? In a lot of ways, Kansas City gave them the game. I'm just, I'm but just now there's nine. Advocate. But I understand that. But now there's nine wins I, I for the Eagles this, this season. Because we're looking at how good Kansas City is. Mm-hmm. Their receivers aren't very good. And, and Kelsey, they, they kept Kelsey in check, at least for big plays tonight. And then he gave one back. Uh, that bomb should have been a touchdown. A good receiver catches that ball. But, but the winning drive turns out to be one of these deals. Screen pass to Swift, which was a good call. They finally got the running back in a screen pass. Third down conversion pass to Smith, which was another one. And the bomb to Smith, where he made a nice uh, gathering of the ball, slowed his route down to confuse the, the, the trailing defender. And that gets to the one. And when they get to the one, what's going to happen? It's, it's the touch push for the touchdown. And a 21-17 set with 6.20 left. Did you think they were going to be able to hold on? No, I thought Mahomes was going to do what he normally does. I really did. I really did. But you know what? This wide receiver core, you know, we talked about it in the pre in the in the post in the pregame. We talked about Mark asked the question, what's the difference between Andy Reid as the head coach in Kansas City and Andy Reid as a head coach in Philadelphia? And I said absolutely nothing. Nothing. He went and got his franchise quarterback, five. He went and got his franchise quarterback, 15. He built the offensive line. He finally got a defensive coordinator, you know, that could do what Jim Johnson did. But the biggest hindrance to Andy Reid's career is the fact that they had a great wide receiver in Tyreek Hill. They let him get away. And look at this wide receiver core that they have now. They look like the wide receiver core that Donovan McNabb had before we got T.O. And they played like that tonight. They played that way. I mean, this, this, this wide receiver core and the drops by Travis Kelsey, the fumble by Travis Kelsey, I call it the swift effect. But you know <laughs> what? I, when you think about all of those things, their shortcoming as a, as a wide receiver core is just as much at the core of what's ailing the Kansas City Chiefs as anything else, you know. Now, you brought it up, I'm talking about it, but I'm still not going to take things away from the Eagles because, you know, there were plays in this game that they made when they had to make it. The Bayard interception was huge. I mean, absolutely huge. The punch out by Roby was huge. You know, those weren't plays where, you know, the Chiefs said here, have this gift. Those were plays that they made. They made stuff happen. And I give Sean Desai a lot of credit. At halftime, the Chiefs had 17 points. What was the final score? 21-17. They blanked them in the second half. Shut out in the second half. I'll give you another big play uh, that we have to focus on. Kansas City did get the ball back uh, at at, at the 14. You thought the Eagles could bury them there. They did get it to midfield. And they, after they missed the bomb, a tremendous defensive play put heat on the homes and forced an intentional grounding, mm-hmm. which really kind of took them out. That was a, a monster play. It was huge. It was, it was absolutely huge for Sweat to get the pressure and force the, the grounding, which took away third down, you know, and the yardage. 
and now all of a sudden you got fourth and 20-something, and, and I'll be darned if Mahomes almost didn't complete that pass. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you could have, when you, when you really looked at it in slow motion, the referee could have threw a flag for P.I. because Slay was early on, on Watson. But Watson's been, just been dropping balls all night. All night long. The ball was right in his hands. Right in his hands. Right, right through. Right through his hands. Second one, I, th- I think it was on the same possession as well. That went right through the hands of Watson on that possession. Yeah, he did not have a sterling night. No, not after the touchdown. Not after yeah. he was well, wide open in the end zone yeah. for the first touchdown of the game. It's funny because Valdez Scantling, the knock on him is bad hands. You know, he, he's, he leads the league most, most years and drops. And that was the play. Mahomes just couldn't have thrown a more perfect pass. No, it, it was right and, there. And we're sitting here talking of celebrating Eagles' victory here. <laughs> well, they're looking at that play. We go, oh, no, he's open there. That's a touchdown. Plank. <laughs> well, like, I'll say this. A lot of times we have walked away after Eagles games and said, you can't make these mistakes against better teams. The Kansas City Chiefs now have to say that about the Philadelphia Eagles. They can't make the mistakes that they made in tonight's game against teams like the Eagles because the Eagles aren't going to let them get away with it. Listen, now, it was it was just it was the Eagles night because if they played if they replayed this game five times in a row, the Eagles would lose that game four out of five times. All right, so what because they're not they're not making those those types of mistakes on an ongoing basis. I mean, Travis Kelsey's not dropping balls. Mm-hmm. He's not fumbling the ball. Those guys aren't dropping perfectly placed passes that, that Mahomes put in place. They're just not doing that. They're not doing that for, you know, the other four out of five times. They're just not. So you're saying the Eagles really didn't prove that they were the better team in this game. This hey, their, record, their, record, their record proves that they are the best team in the National Football League, Period. Period. I hope that they cut that clip up. <laughs> no, nope, that will not oh, get the clip. Oh, why not? <laughs> why, why, hold it. But you said four out of five times. I wanted to open this pro game. that one. <laughs> Wait, did he just say four out of five times? They four out of five. Th- yes, he just said so that. That's what I'm asking you. But, are, I'm not, are the but Mike, the- I'm not arguing with you about that, okay? <laughs> they are the best team in the National Football League because their record says so. Their record says so. They, listen, this team could be. They could be five and five, six and four, real easy, but they know how to win football games. And you can call it luck. You can call it whatever you want. They are nine and one, and there's yep. not another team that's close to being able to do they, they to win games the game way that tonight, they won games. Guys, with AJ Brown having one catch for eight yards in this game, and another temper tantrum. And what, that, what does and that no, tell you? And also, no tight end, and they still won the game. They didn't get any kind of meaningful contribution from their tight ends and they're really thin there because Calcaterra got hurt again and they still win the game. I, I just how did that how did they do it? All right so I'll ask you this question then Mike because this is a number we haven't even mentioned yet. What if I would have told you all those numbers before the game were going to take place in this matchup and Jalen Hurts was sacked five times in the first half? I'm, there's no way you're telling me that the Eagles are winning that football game. No, and, and so the only thing I, I can do and we, we're going to have to give credit to the defense. When you pitch a shutout you give credit to the defense. There is no way that I thought that they would be able to hold Patrick Mahomes to zero points, despite his inadequacies at wide receiver. And I, you know, the tight end's head did not seem to be in his game. And I, I love to make these little connections here, right? Because Taylor Swift was supposed to be at this game. This was supposed to be a love fest. Taylor Swift, her parents from Wyoming, missing PA, meeting the Kelseys for the first time. She had to cancel a concert on Sunday, which was postponed to today, or she would have flown in. 
and he lost his mind. The swift letdown. He lost his security blanket. <laughs> Seriously. It was a When's letdown game. the last game? time you saw Travis Kelsey play timidly like he played tonight? I don't think I've ever seen him play that timidly. And, and not sure-handed, in over his head, I'm his head not in the game. I'm yes, sticking absolutely. with the Tay-Tay story. <laughs> Gotta be, see, this is what love can do to you, Seth. Listen, it's the, it's the star effect. You know, I said it way, way, way back. I said, I like our Kelsey-Swift combination <laughs> a hell of a lot better than I like that Kelsey-Swift combination, you know, out there in Kansas City. And I said ours would be more productive, and it has been. <laughs> Certainly wow. tonight, especially. But, Mike, to your point earlier, just about this team not looking the same at all in the first half versus the second half, I had never, even in the Jets game that the Eagles lost, I've never seen the Eagles look as terrified as they did in this game, especially leading up to that fourth quarter. A- absolutely. I mean, no, we talked saying- about the mesh point. I'm talking about the, that mesh point between DeAndre Swift and Jalen Hurts at least two different occasions in the game, they looked like they had never played together yeah, they before. Scored a, they scored a touchdown on the first oh, one. Well, on the first one, they did. <laughs> they were able to recover from it. But at that particular moment, it didn't look great. And then later in the game, they have that same type of miscommunication and it ends up leading to a three-yard loss, I believe, on a third and one. They ended up having to go on a fourth and four. So that was a scary moment right there, and it did not look like the Eagles were going to establish any fluidity to their offense. They had continuously gone three and out, three and out, three and out. And then out of nowhere, on the back-to-back screen plays near their own goal line, which we were all screaming about in the green room, saying, how do you run that play twice? And then they run it twice. They suck in the defense. And I hate to say this, Seth, but it's the only time I've ever agreed with the idea of a screen game being an extension of the run because it did a lot of what we see the run do. It brought the linebackers in. It brought everyone closer to the middle of the field. And then they were able to try to get it to the outside, spread the field a little bit. That's where they got the big play there by uh, Devontae Smith down the field. Farzee. People, when they hear me talk about football, they think I'm a dinosaur in my thinking, okay? (laughs) But I always say it, the more the game changes, the more the game stays the same. The way that you slow down a fast, aggressive, attacking defense, you run delayed draws, and you saw Kansas City try to do some of that to kind of slow down the pass rush early in the game. You also run running back screens. Because if the linemen, if your defensive ends and your tackles are screaming up the field, now when the offensive linemen release, they're on the linebackers. Now you got to play. And you saw that one play where Swift got tackled on the third and long. Like, if Dickerson makes that block, Swift may still be running. You know? So the game really doesn't change that much. It just takes you having the fortitude and the in-game adjustability and the creativity to say, okay, how are we going to slow down this pass rush? How are we going to slow down Steve Spagnuolo's aggressiveness? He's bringing 22 off the edge all the time. He's bringing guys up the middle every single play because he knows that he really doesn't have a great front. He's got an an emerging defensive end in Karlapiskas. He's got... A, a, a game changer, you know, in at 95 in the middle. I mean, that guy is the straight-up truth, and that's all he has. So he's got to figure out a way to generate pressure. So he's coming with the blitz, and the blitz is taking care of the run on the way to the quarterback. So the way that you slow that down 
And the way that you take care of that is you run delayed plays. You run delayed draws. You run screens to the running back. You run screens to the side that they're bringing the blitz. When you're going to bring 22 off the edge, run the screen his way. And they did it. But the guy knocked it down. The one time they had it, they would have still been running. They had three on two out there. So both blockers had the two DBs out there. If he completes that ball to Alameda Zacchaeus, he's probably still running, you know. So there's ways. There's ways. And, you know, I, I give the Eagles credit because in the second half they figured out, you know, how to get it right. I think they were trying to figure it out after the, the, the Kelsey turnover. They tried to go wide receiver screen. But when they got to the running back screens with Swift, it was a game changer. It was a major game changer. Yeah, it really was. Now, this is how bad it was in the first half, folks. Hurts uh, had three completions in the whole first half. The, the, the blitz and, and the rush when he didn't blitz was just killing him. He had no tight end threat as a security blanket. He looked kind of slow in trying to escape the pocket. He, he looked very sluggish. He got sacked five times. A.J. Brown had one catch and two targets. Uh, they only ran 18 plays in the first half. And then they went three and out on their first drive with only 79 yards gained so far. And 70 came on their first drive when they scored a touchdown. They did not convert until that point of the third quarter a third down. And all of a sudden, bang, here comes that drive with Covey's punt return, and the offense cooked a little bit with DeAndre Swift with the big carry. And it was almost like it was almost like the Eagles were asking the Chiefs to beat them at that point. And the Chiefs just could not follow up and score in the third quarter. Had they scored in that third quarter with the Eagles still in sluggish mode, we may have been talking about a different story in this game. But they did not threaten to score, and when they did – the tight end turned it over. I was looking at the game against the Rams earlier in the season where you saw Cooper Cup go up there with 96 yards in the first half and then 27 the rest of the way. The thing that has been so impressive about Sean Desai and his defense is their ability to make adjustments in the second half. Now, we can talk about the offense finally clicking in the high gear in that fourth quarter, but throughout that entire second half, the, the Kansas City Chiefs were the team that was outcoached. Sure, there were big plays left out there on the field, but overall... Seeing your defensive coordinator and Sean Desai make adjustments where you didn't see guys like Josh Sweat being suckered in, like you were pointing out during the game, Seth, as many times as you did in the first half. I don't know if that was something that they brought to his attention, because it's not like during halftime there's big rah-rah speeches like you see in the movies. There are little things that are made for adjustments, and that seemed to happen with Josh Sweat. When you go into that type of second half, though, and you have the outcome that you did, especially with the way you were finally able to stop the run, Eagles giving up more about uh, double the amount of uh, yards on the ground that they had on average throughout every in game this season. Half. In the first half alone. Then they make that adjustment in the second half to only allow, I think it was 46 yards allowed in that second half. That is a miraculous change of events there by the Philadelphia Eagles and the run defense. Listen, Matt, <laughs> I'm looking at the numbers here, and I'm going, okay, this is a team that won. Jalen Hurts completed 14 passes at 22 attempts for 150 yards tonight and got intercepted once, and he got sacked five times in the first half. DeAndre Swift, all right, he had a nice night. The 35-yard scamper was a big play, 12 carries for 76 yards. Jalen didn't run the ball for a touchdown. He had 12 carries in this game for 29, and you know they weren't really – three of them were maybe design runs on that. Uh, they got nothing from Boston Scott or Kenneth Gainwell. 
uh, and nothing from A.J. Brown, but Devontae Smith comes up big tonight. Usually it's A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith tonight. Devontae Smith, six catches for 99 yards, and, of course, the big one being the 41-yard uh, gain, and he had eight targets. And A.J., four, four targets today. It looked like he was into the flow at all in this game. I, the interception... I don't know if it was a change of route at the last minute. I don't know if he just decided that he had a touchdown waiting for him. But, of course, you have a guy like Jalen Hurts. He's got the pressure in his face. He's not going to be able to make that read right out of the gate. And I guess A.J. Brown thought that their chemistry over the years was going to carry it into the end zone. Ended up being the interception there, unfortunately, by Jalen Hurts. But to see Devontae Smith just be that ready when you haven't seen him utilized as much in recent weeks, especially coming out of the bye, that was fantastic. And seeing the late-hand situation, Seth, you were talking about this as well, Seeing the late-hand situation with that 41-yard reception was great. That set up the tush-push touchdown. Because if he shows those hands early with that ball being a little underthrown, that pass maybe gets broken up. So that's a young guy right there making a great veteran play on that football. And that's something that, of course, the Eagles have missed over the years at the wide receiver position. Devontae Smith brings that every night. Oh, he, is, he is wise beyond his years because you, you just don't understand how massive a play that was. Because the average player, when they're running down the field and that ball's in the air, they're going to put their hands up to catch that ball because that's the natural reaction. But if he puts his hand up, now the defender can put his hand up and potentially knock it away. So he just kind of dead hands it and was just running and went into a slide and just let the ball fall in the basket. And by the time the defender knew where the ball was, it was already in his hands. It was, it was a huge play. Um, let me say this. Every player has an opposite somewhere that has their numbers, okay? I don't think A.J. Brown had that great of a night tonight because LeJarrius Sneed was on him all night tonight. I mean, he was physical with him at the line of scrimmage. He was, he was on him everywhere. He took the challenge of stopping one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League tonight. And LeJarrius Sneed might be A.J. Brown's only kryptonite. I mean, I've seen no one. I mean, I, I, I got to go back. I just want to go back for a second and look at his numbers, okay? One catch for eight yards? Yeah, one catch for eight yards. Come on. I mean, even when he was upset at the beginning of the season, it was better than that. <laughs> four targets. Come on. I mean, sometimes, you know, you face a guy that just has your number. You know, as a pro ball player at playing 13 years, yeah, there was a guy who had my number. He could block me, and then there was another guy, you know, who who was he was held to cover. You know, there was a guy coming out of the backfield that was held to cover. We all got that one adversary, you know, and I think the luxurious need is that guy for A.J. Brown. I don't think A.J. Brown wants to see him anytime soon. Right. And that's not saying anything negative about A.J. Brown. I'm just saying that there are – there are great players in the National Football League. So there's always somebody that has your number. And tonight, LeJarrius Sneed had A.J. Brown's number. So let's look at what Kansas City did. They get intercepted in the end zone. Kelsey fumbled at the 10. And then Valdez Scantling clanked one off his hands. <laughs> Three situations where they should have had seven. And they didn't get seven. So let's, let's look back at this game and how it started. Because the, uh, the Eagles... We're down 7 nothing in this game, uh, and the Chiefs, um, it, Mahomes made a nice improvisational play where he flipped to Justin Watson, was wide open in the end zone. Looks like Bayard got lost on that play on the other side. 
the, the Eagles answer with a nine-play, 75-yard drive. And you're thinking, this game's going to be rock'em, sock'em. We're going to go up and down. Uh, they had seven runs on that drive. Swift with a, with a great 18-yard run to set up a uh, four-yard uh, touchdown to tie the game at 7-7. Now, on that play that he scored, <coughs> I think the Eagles got the benefit of the doubt. It looked like Zacchaeus was holding on that play. Somebody's holding on every play. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they catch you, sometimes they don't, man. Okay. They missed the one on the collar there, but you're right, yeah. All right. Uh, and, and then, uh, of course, we get to the second quarter. Tony had a well, – Kadarius Tony plays well against the Philadelphia Eagles. He stinks against everybody else. He has a great uh, punt return that gives the, the Chiefs the ball at, at midfield. Uh, Sweat, who, who really killed him in the first half, very undisciplined play, containing and also jumping off sides. He jumped offside on a third and seven, which gave them a, a smaller uh, third and two to convert. And Pacheco, Pacheco converts it, and then Mahomes scrambles, and he gets to the 11, and then there's a three-yard touchdown pass on third down to make it 14-7. to seven. Isaiah Pacheco with a big night, by the way, at 19 carries for 89 yards. I like him. He's a tough runner. Um, and, and the Eagles suddenly were getting dominated on offense. Three and out punt. Chiefs got it at the Eagles 46. They got it to the 25, and they make a 43-yard field goal to go into halftime at 17-7. to and, and we're taking inventory of this game and going, hey, you know what, it's probably not their night. It didn't feel like it. No, it just didn't feel like their night. The, the thing that really bothered me was that during the week there was a lot of conversation about Jalen Hurts not having that brace on his knee anymore. And he talked about how the bye week hit at the right time for him and for some other teammates to get healthy at that time. It looked like the brace was still on the knee tonight. And then he looked like he had zero escapability. There were certain plays throughout the five sacks in particular that he didn't have time to escape in the pocket, and that's legit. There were maybe two or three other plays where maybe Jalen Hurts from a year ago or at different points in this season even is able to escape that pocket and be able to carry that football at least out of harm's way and gain a couple of yards. The only time you really saw that kind of explosiveness tonight from Jalen Hurts was on the touchdown run. Listen, I will tell you this. One of the hardest things in the world is when you get a lower body injury during the season is to recover 100%. Especially, you know, when you're being sacked, when you're being asked to do all the things that Jalen Hurts is being asked to do, and defenders are trying to take you out every single time that you run the ball, okay? The two weeks rest was probably great, but this is something that's going to bother him for the rest of the season. There's just no getting around that. You know, I think he knows that. I think that's why he doesn't address it. I think Nick Sirianni understands and knows that. I think that's why they kind of limit how much they actually try to run him. A lot of the running that you see him do now, to me, is just posturing to make sure that the defense is prepared for the fact that he still may run the ball. I don't think they're running him as a weapon as much as, you know, they really would like to, other than, you know, they had the numbers. They really had the numbers on the touchdown run, the 10-yard down, the ten yard run, and it was a straight-ahead run. He didn't have to cut or change directions or anything. So I think when he's running in a, in a linear straight line that he's fine. I think it's the start and stop and the change of direction that really bothers his knee. Well, let me ask you this real quick just because you're the former athlete. At what stage do you think Jalen Hurts is at? Do you think he's at the, the stage where he is healthy enough to do it, but mentally he's not trusting the injury? Where do you think he's at? Is it more of a mental thing right now, or is it still physical? No, I think he's. I think it's physical. Okay. He's, he's hurting, okay, and he's doing everything he can to carry this football team where they believe that they can go. So he's a warrior. He's going. He's going to get out there and fight. But physically, 
he's not able to do the yeah. things that they would like for him to do in this offense and what he would like to do in this offense because he's he's hurt. Now, there's a big difference between being hurt and injured. If you're injured, that means you can't play. That means you can't operate at the level that you need to operate to be successful for the team. He's hurting, and he's a warrior. So as a warrior, when you're hurting, you keep fighting. You don't fight until you're injured, until you're mortally wounded. You keep going. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's totally obvious that, uh, that he's, he's hurting. And I think that was one of the reasons why they, they came with fire early on and in the second half I think they bailed out of that a little bit so we'll have to uh Steve Spagnola will get uh, asked about that but let's take a take a breath right now uh, a little message for the people out there if you're looking to hire right now in the IT and engineering manufacturing or technology fields all you got to do is contact our buddy Gary Kane and his team at Kane Partners Staffing Solutions and here's how you can connect Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. All right, thank you, uh, Mr. Kane and uh, Kane uh, Staffing Solutions. Uh, Derek Gunn, the great D-Gunn, will join us uh, in a little bit. Uh, and we'll also uh, hear from Kayla Santiago in the Diamond Debate. And uh, everybody else involved with this show today is the Eagles. I'm, I'm just stunned, man. 21-17 to 17 was your final. It is the Pond La Hockey postgame show. We are live at Ocean Casino, and we're coming back right after this. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit at pond lee hockey we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients and we're confident we can do the same for you With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling. Asking the right questions to find the right people. I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. 
Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. You are watching the Pond La Hockey Eagles postgame show live from Ocean Casino, and you're watching us on 6ABC.com and the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Eagles win it 21-17 to tonight. Late touchdown, a tush-push touchdown, but the big play being a bomb to Devontae Smith that got the ball to the one-yard line, and the Eagles looked like they were dead in the water for most of this game, and all of a sudden, bang, they shut out the Kansas City Chiefs in the second half, and they win another one. And this is a team that knows how to win. And for more insight on that, let's bring in our man uh, on our remote today, the great Derek Gunn joining us live. D. Gunn, you saw the game like us. Um, I'm thinking that you didn't think, uh, like we didn't think, that they were going to be able to win this game. Your thoughts, sir? Here's how you put this game in a nutshell. Um, Right after the game was over, um, I'm texting uh, one of my contacts in the locker room, and I said, how the heck did you win this game? And the response was, I have no idea. (laughs) But the bottom line is they they got the W. This, This has been their theme for much of the season. They have yet to put together a dominant game like we've been accustomed to seeing in 2022, but they make the necessary plays when they have to. They get the necessary first down, the necessary tush push, the necessary big play, necessary defensive stop. This has been this team's theme all year long. And I think Seth will agree with me when I say, you know, I've watched this game a long time. I have never seen a team consistently come up with consistent big plays 10 games into a season and sit here at nine and one. You see them happen, you see it happen occasionally, but you don't see it happen as consistently with this team. But the bottom line is, I don't care how you get the W, as long as you get the W. But when you tell me AJ Brown gets one catch, Kansas City runs for 168 yards, the Eagles don't convert a third down conversion until the third quarter, and they pitch a shutout defensively in the second half. I'm taking that bet against the Eagles every time. And like, there's no way that those things are going to happen in favor of the Eagles, especially against a team like Kansas City. Lo and behold, it was that kind of game. Gunner, I'll tell you right now, man, it still doesn't feel like a win, but my feelings <laughs> be damned. All right, they won. They're nine and one. They're the exactly. best team in the NFL as of right now. But yes. I, I want to say, I want to say this with you because it's it's incredible. Uh, first off, uh, our love, our good vibes, and our prayers are with your family, and I know you know that. But I wanted to tell you again. I appreciate it. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Uh, When it comes to Jalen Hurts, you ask every quarterback in the NFL to let you have a chance to win no matter what. When it's late in the game and your team's down, you just want that chance to win. He helped the Eagles pull this win out. I know the Kansas City Chiefs made their load of mistakes, 
But when it came to Jalen Hurts finding Devontae Smith down the field to set up that tush-push touchdown, he hit the guy right where he needed to. All you needed <coughs> was a couple of big plays. And Jalen Hurts got that for you. The offensive line, max protection, allowed their one-on-one -on -one situation to uh, Devontae Smith to be a thing of beauty. That was the defining moment in this game tonight. There's no question about that. Um, the thing about this Eagles team is, that I'm, first of all, I've never seen this offense look this discombobulated as they were in the first half. Um, I, I've never seen that offensive line this season manhandled the way it was in the first half. Steve Spagnola, you knew he was going to come after you, and he did. And there was a lot of confusion in that Eagles offense. A couple of times we saw Jalen holding the ball too long, DeAndre Swift wondering if he's getting the ball or not. Um, everything you could possibly write up in terms of what not to do in a game of this magnitude, the Eagles did it in the first 30 minutes of this ball game. But they, they don't quit. This team does not quit. To me, they're like Freddy Krueger, Jason from Friday the 13th. <laughs> Just when you think you bury this team, they rise up out of the ashes and do you in. And, and, and they've done that nine times this season. D-Gun, love you, man. Um, Thank you, brother. So I loved your, your opening dialogue. And <laughs> what, you, what you said, man, sounds like you believe that this team is a team of destiny, that no matter what the circumstances are, they can overcome them and potentially win a Super Bowl the way that they're playing. Because it's 10 weeks into the season. There's only seven more games left, okay? I, how much you had two weeks off to make the adjustments and the improvements, and yet they played in week 10 the same way that they yeah. played weeks one yeah. through nine. So can they get to the promised land, continue to play this way? Okay, before I answer your question, I want to ask you a series of questions, okay? Did, did you think the Eagles could win a game being held to 238 yards of offense? Are you talking about tonight or just overall? Yeah, just tonight. Just tonight. Just oh, tonight. Watch, watching the game tonight? Hell no. Not just no, hell no. Did you think A.J. Brown one catch for eight yards would be good enough for this team to still find a way to win the game? Not just no, hell no. <laughs> did, you think, did you think the way they played over the first 30 minutes there was any way on God's green earth they were coming back to win this game? Hell to the no. How about that one? <laughs> I can go on and on and on with a series of questions. I don't like to use the term destiny 10 games into a season, but the theme, the theme is following the same pattern. So, yes, as we sit here right now, if they can stay healthy, they got Roby back, Byers three weeks, four weeks into the system, when they get Goddard back, this team can roll. I don't think there's a team that can stop them in the NFC. I do think there's some teams that will be interesting matchups for them. San Francisco, Detroit, Dallas. But I don't think if they do what they have to do consistently, which is be inconsistent at times, make the big plays on both sides of the ball when you have to, this team can get back to the promised land. Yes, I think they can get back to that Super Bowl again. Derek, let me let me ask you this because they they were getting devoured in the first half. I mean, we can go over the grisly details, but they were they looked like they were going to get buried in this game. Um, 
What turned it around in your mind? What adjustments did they make to stop the constant heat that the Chiefs were getting on Hurts uh, in the offense in the first half and the fact that the Chiefs weren't really getting the ball down the field consistently to score more points? Well, in, in a lot of situations, they went to max protect to give, give Jalen a little bit more time. They would keep the back end um, to, to give him a little bit more time. Then all of a sudden, they started to hit him with the middle screen to Swift. And you you watch this game long enough to know when you got a fierce pass rush like that, you want to neutralize it, <laughs> delay draws, middle screen, outside screens. That's how you get that rush to back off of you. I mean, let, and let's be honest. Kansas City's receivers dropping hand grenades, you know, balls like hand grenades, that was a big factor also. I mean, you, you know, uh, who was it over the middle that dropped a short third round, uh, Just, third Justin, round situation? Justin, Justin, Justin Watson. Watson, you know. And then you see Scanling drop a short touchdown pass. You know, this has been Kansas City's problem all season. The fact that they only lost two games up to this point was phenomenal. This has plagued them all season long. And when you look at their overall numbers across the board, you can see why that their offense is not as explosive as we're accustomed to seeing it. But the Eagles countered. And and I'm going to give Brian Johnson, I thought, called a horrendous game in the first half. I thought he made the necessary adjustments in the second half. Neutralize that pass rush, hit him with quick hitters. That's what you do to get him back off. All Jalen Hurst needed was a little bit more time to make things happen. And because of the adjustments they made in that second half, that's why they were able to get 14 second half points compared to just seven points in that first half. I just want the record to show that we've all talked about how great it is that the Eagles are 9-1. and one. We've talked about how the Eagles are the yes. number one team in the NFL. That has all been acknowledged, yes. and you can enjoy the win for as much as you can. However, looking at that locker room, and you've already been in contact with people in that locker room, yeah. and you asked the question, yeah. as you said at the beginning of the interview, how'd you win this game? Yeah. I have no idea. How do the Eagles take this? Do they take this as, all right, we're, we're, we are better than the Chiefs this year. We have proven it because we have beaten the Chiefs. Or do they take it as more of, okay, all right, we're, we're kind of lucky to have won that one. They dropped a lot of balls that could have made a huge difference in the game. Or do you think they take this more as we are now better than the two-time Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs? No, no, no. To answer the, the, the latter part of your question, they're not better than the two-time Kansas City Chiefs until they beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl if Kansas City gets back to the Super Bowl. They were better than Kansas City on this night. And, and I love how Jason Kelsey puts it in his proper perspective. He doesn't believe in revenge games. And I don't like to talk about revenge games because a revenge game in a regular season means nothing if it doesn't a- enable you to get to where you want to go in the long run. The bottom line is they walk up the field going, Phew. that was interesting. But the bottom line is we're nine up and one down. We're, two get- we're one game up better than Detroit and NFC. We're two games better than San Francisco and Dallas in the NFC. Bottom line, we are still in control of home field advantage. And any team, any good team will tell you, we'd much rather have you come to our backyard for a dog fight in the second season than us having to go to your backyard. So that's the most important thing, is keeping the dogs in the NFC at bay. And that's what the Eagles did in this game tonight. I always say, Mark, I don't care if it's an ugly win. I don't care if it's a putrid win. If it's a win, it's a win, plain and simple. D, you know, there's no doubt about it, and we talked about it in the 
in the pregame about Spags and what he would do to this to this offense. He gave right. them fits. They didn't know who to block. They didn't yeah. know how to block. They didn't know where they were coming from. And then all of a sudden, they found their footing in the second half. But and we'll continue to talk about you know the offensive side of the ball. But we got to talk right. about we got to talk about Sean Desai and the, and yes. the adjustments that he made in the second half and the things that he yes. was able to take away. After giving up 120-plus yards on the ground, they held him yeah. to, the, to like 40-something in the second half. They came out yes. with a resolve to stop Pacheco. And then on the backside, you know, mm-hmm. how guys were up challenging and fighting, and then he started bringing blitzes at Patrick Mahomes, you know, at certain points in the game. A couple of times, you know, where last year in right, the Super right. Bowl, Jonathan Gannon just would not do it. You know, no, I, no. I think that Sean Desai, in my opinion, you know, when he gets these guys, a group of guys that he can have for a while consistently on the field, right, right, he's going to have a heck of a defense, man. <clears throat> the, the, the biggest factor, Seth, has been throughout the season <clears throat> on defense, especially the back end of this defense, is not having your guys consistently to formulate a cohesiveness on that back end. You look at how they've mixed and matched all season long for the most part. You know, Justin Evans down. Uh, Eli Ricks get nicked up. You know, Sidney Brown get nicked up. You know, Avante Maddox gone. Roby gets nicked up for an extended period of time. They bring Byard in three, four weeks ago. He's got to get adjusted to the system. He's a proven vet. But when you're playing in a new system with new personnel, it takes time for you to get used to who you're playing next to. It's almost like synchronized swimming. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time to get used to. And that that's where this back end of this defense was. Now, are they a complete unit yet? No. Um, they got lucky in a lot of ways. On a one deep ball where Bradbury got burned, he got lucky. They got lucky on Scantling dropping a pass. But you go back to the drawing board, you look at the film, and you make those corrections. But in the bigger scheme of things, Hey, Bayer, in the right place at the right time, stops the red zone drive. I think the biggest defensive play of the game was Roby punching that ball out from Kelsey Mm -hmm. because Kelsey's not a fumbler. But Roby, with the heads-up play, saw an opportunity, took advantage of it, and it turned out to be in the Eagles' favor. You look at the overall numbers in the red zone, Eagles three for three in the red zone, Chiefs two for four in the red zone. Why were they two for four? They won the turnover battle. Interception, forced fumble. That's huge in terms of winning a game like this on unfavorable conditions where you know big plays and big miscues are going to decide the outcome of a game like this. D, there's still a little bit of work to be done. Um, You got nothing but veterans back there for the majority of the game when you got Bradley Roby back in there and you got Byron in there. But on that touchdown play – um, to Kelsey, there was a miscommunication between he and Slay, yes. you know, yeah. where when the motion guy went across, they didn't talk about playing off of each other, no. you know. And it's almost like it looks like one of those plays from the Super Bowl last year where if you guys just talk about it, one guy's outside, one guy's inside. Whichever guy comes to you, you got. What other guy comes to the other guy, you got. But that was just yep. too easy of a touchdown. Travis Kelsey just like delayed and ran flat to the straight to the flat touchdown. You know what, Seth? I don't have to tell you this, but 
anytime an offense gets a red zone in, in inside the five yard line, there's communications. Okay, look for this, look for this, look for this. And one of the first things you talk about is look for the rub play. It's one of the first things. And the fact that it happened to two veterans is concerning. Exactly. Yes. Because if it's week two, you say, okay, we're still getting acclimated here. We didn't play much together in the preseason. You know, practice is one thing, game speed is another thing. Here's week 10, and you're going to have a Buffalo offense that loves to run the rub. San Francisco loves to run the rub. Dallas loves to run the rub. Seattle loves to run the rub. You better figure this thing out now because, as we always talk about, what you slip by one game could come back and kill you the next game. Degon, uh, listen, we appreciate it. Uh, best wishes to you and your family. We hope to see you back here very soon. We know you're taking care of business, and uh, we really appreciate you joining us. Another Eagle victory, hard to believe, but, you know, all of a sudden this gauntlet, they win this game. Yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't yeah. look so daunting all of a sudden yeah. where, where yeah. they can, you know, we, we thought they were going to lose three of these next six, but uh, it, it doesn't look like they can lose at all. So we're all good, yeah. right? Just, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's like I'm still scratching my head. Going, going off of what somebody told me in the locker room, I don't know how we won this game. <laughs> but I just want—I just want to say before I roll, I say I miss you guys. Uh, say happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Have a great holiday weekend. Be safe, and um, I thank all of you uh, for your thoughts and prayers for my wife. Uh, she's getting there. It's going to take some time as she's getting there. Uh, it's been tough on our family, but we've had such a large contingent of uh, family and friends step in the gap um, and help us out. In, in a lot of ways with, with meals and filling in gaps for me when I do certain things or when I can't do certain things. And, you know, I appreciate everybody's thoughts and prayers out there. And, uh, you know, you guys enjoy your holiday as well, man. Appreciate you, you too, guys. Thanks, too, buddy. buddy. Too, Gunner. Yeah. All right, that's Derek Gunn, remote today. Uh, the show has uh, Kayla Santiago coming up next with the Diamond Debate. Also, John McMullen is live from Kansas City. We'll hear from McMullen and his thoughts on this unlikely but uh, satisfying 21 to 17 win by the Philadelphia Eagles tonight against the Kansas City Chiefs. It's the Pond Hockey Eagles postgame show back after this. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey, the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pondley Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pondley Hockey a call. Hello. And welcome. To the Diamond Debate. With Liam and Hillary. In the heart of Montgomeryville, Pennsylvania. What you got for us today on your right hand, Hill? Today we've got a right hand ring, Liam. What is that? It's a ring that you would wear on your right hand. That's it? That's all there is to it. Okay. <laughs> it's what? meant to balance your left hand situation, or if you're not engaged or married, it says, I'm not engaged or married, but I still have this over here that's sparkly. A lot of other ways you can say that. No, not if you're trying to wear jewelry. Which okay. one's your favorite? I love this. Um... Art Deco moment, I mean, with these beautiful baguettes and round diamonds. I mean, who wouldn't say no to one of these? Baguettes are hot right now. People also love an eternity band. It's beautiful. Great for the other hand. That's right. So come on down here for Love Bros here at Mark's Jewelers. Every day of the week except Sundays and Mondays. That's supposed to be our clue.
My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Hooters, the perfect pair. Go for the beers, go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens. Go for the gallery, go for the win. Go to Ocean. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. All right, 21 to 17 was your final. The Eagles win it today. You know, we had Derek Gunn on last in in a segment that, that normally that segment we would be we would be uh, present the player of the game, uh, the uh, player you can bank on. And so tonight we're making Derek Gunn the player you can bank on. Presented by great people at First uh, Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, I have to remind you that holiday time is here, right? So we got to be thinking along with Kayla Santiago about the great values you're going to get at Mark's Jewelers. Kayla Santiago joins us with Kayla's Diamond Debate. Hello, Kayla. Hello. There's so many fantastic things at Mark's Jewelers. We've seen the jewelry already up here on the desk uh, plenty of times. You've got the white pearls that are beautiful, especially for the holidays, something that you'll definitely want to check out. So make sure you do go so at Mark's Jewelers. Let's get to our Diamond Debate now. We look at this game and we say okay a win is a win and that has been kind of the theme so far this year but the one constant is the questionable play calling of brian johnson for you guys when is it time to say okay next year they need to change is it too soon do you think that he's going to improve throughout the season or is brian johnson really just not stepping up to the plate because it seems like game after game guys that's something he's not doing Oh, I, I don't know. They're they're nine and one, uh, and uh, it, tonight they play without a tight end, and they're playing with a quarterback with a hurt knee. Uh, and they, in the first half, obviously they didn't have anything clicking, but in the second half they found something that clicked. So, uh, yeah, I I think he calls some questionable plays, like those bubble screens to the outside receivers never seem to work. Uh, but then he figured it out to get the ball in the hands of DeAndre Swift and. Like I say, they, I don't know what to say about this. I, I, I would love to have a perfect offensive coordinator and every game you go, man, he called a great game, right? Well, that doesn't seem to be the case, but they're 9-1 and one, and he do enough to get it done. 
because the quarterback and the receiver will make a great play when they need it. You want to know what the greatest the greatest asset that you know any coach, any coordinator has about himself is his ability to adjust in my in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because there's no doubt that the Eagles sat back, they had two weeks to prepare for this game and they had a game plan. Okay? And the game plan is kind of, I mean a game plan and planning a plan for a game is 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 like boxing. You know, Mike Tyson says everybody's got a plan you get hit in you get hit in the nose and your eyes start tearing up okay so then what's your adjustment so the eagles had a plan on offense they had a plan on defense and it was not working they went at halftime they were down by 10 points 7 to 17. they went in and adjusted their plan and came out in the second half and executed on both sides of the ball and you know what one of the things that listen we need to give some some credit to Michael Clay because last year this time we were killing him, absolutely killing him, okay? And the special teams has been a non-issue this year. We've only we've been talking about the offense and the defense more so than any other phase of the, of the team. But Britton Covey is a able-bodied punt returner, and he is getting it done. Jake Elliott is just money still. The punter, he's kind of up and down from time to time, but he had a couple of boomers tonight. So, you know, when we're talking about, you know, Kayla, you're talking about Brian Johnson and the offense, you know, sometimes your best laid plans kind of go to waste because the guys on the other side have a better plan to stop what you're doing. And let's just be honest, you know, Andy Reid and his staff, they are more seasoned, mm-hmm. more mature, have been doing this a lot longer than the guys on our side. But the guys on our side came out on top tonight because they were able to make the adjustment to the adjustment in the second half, something that they weren't able to do in the Super Bowl last year. Well, because they had Jonathan Gannon and not Sean Desai. I think Sean Desai <laughs> is a big reason why the Philadelphia Eagles were able to win this game. That brings me to my next point, though, and Seth, I'm going to start with I you like on you. this. <laughs> there we go. We love Sean Desai here. Right, right into his hand. We were talking about at halftime the adjustments need to be made, and consistently throughout the season, besides maybe one or two games, right. Desai is the guy that's been able to do this so far. So what are the adjustments that you're really seeing in the game that he's able to do, whether it's with the secondary, whether it's with that front, whether it's with the Chiefs just dropping the passes because they're not able to connect? Sean Desai just gets this young defense, and it's been working so far throughout the season, a big reason why they're 9-1. Well, I believe that Sean Desai is more of a guy who likes to pressure than, A, John, Jonathan Gannon was. And I also believe that he's a guy that likes to pressure a hell of a lot than Nick Sirianni likes for him to pressure, you know. But you have a, you have a decision to make as a defensive coordinator. And, and I always say it, you know, because my mindset is completely different. You know, I'm, I'm like in most people's realm, I'm the guy from the Stone Age, you know. But when you look at it, this is the way, in my opinion, football should be played. It's a, it's a violent game. It's a game of aggression. It's a game of my manhood and my will versus yours, okay? So if I'm trying something and it's not working, at some point in time, I have to do the opposite. I can't keep playing bend but don't break, soft-style defense mm-hmm. all the time when it doesn't work. If my pass rush can't get there because I'm playing my, my DBs too far off the ball, then guess what? They got to knuckle up and, and, and get up. 
if I'm rushing four and I can't get home, then that means that I'm going to have to run some pressures. I'm going to have to run some blitzes. And you're seeing Sean Desai do all of these things that I'm talking about, be able to adjust, because he may start the game off with the cornerbacks off, but he damn sure the last couple of weeks, Mark, he hadn't finished the game that way. He may start off not blitzing, but he blitzed the hell out of Patrick Mahomes tonight. So a lot of things were forced. That's why I talk about turnovers. Turnovers aren't something that just incidentally happens. The game is a game of will, and I have to force my will upon you in order to force you into mistakes and to force turnovers to happen. Guys are just not going, oh, here's a fumble, you know, happy birthday. Oh, you know, here's an interception, <laughs> you know, have a Merry Christmas. No, it doesn't work that way. You got to make that guy put that ball on the ground. Bradley Roby made him put that ball on the ground, okay? That ball's in the air. Your mindset mm -hmm. has to be, that ball belongs to me. Kevin Byard, go get that ball. That's the difference. That's the difference. Is you, these guys are making things happen instead of sitting around and waiting for things to happen. And that's the kind of defense we played last year. The, the, the blitz rate acquisitions, the blitz, by the way, midseason acquisitions both contributed tonight, Byard and Roby. Sure. So, you know, yeah, big, sure. that's why you get guys like that, make that, a play. It's also helpful to have adjustments being made in the front office as well. And that's something that Howie Roseman has obviously done over the course of the last two seasons. But the thing that is the biggest difference that I see with Sean Desai is those second half adjustments. Mm -hmm. I mean, we look at the the blitz rate is actually around the same as it was with Jonathan Gannon. Now it seems like it's a lot more successful. Well, it'll be this up tonight year. after tonight. Uh, after tonight, I think it's going to take a little bit of a spike. <laughs> but going into tonight, it was around the same. I think Jonathan Gannon was about twenty four percent, and I think Sean Desai is at about twenty five percent. So slight tick up, and then tonight maybe even you, more. I bet you a game check. Jonathan Gannon was not twenty four percent last year. Game somebody, check? somebody, <laughs> oh, somebody's backing it up. So, somebody, somebody's playing with the numbers. Okay, who's there? There's, there's game no check. way. We talking about your game check or, or our? our game check? But it is something that you're noticing this year, and just in terms of getting home with the front four that the Eagles have been able to. And I think a big difference there is just Jalen Carter in general. By the way, we didn't even mention him trying to intercept a spike ball tonight. <laughs> that was incredible. But you're seeing that from him, and then seeing a guy like Kevin Byer, uh, two asks. I had after the bye week. Be the team that knocks. Mm. Be the team that every other team in this gauntlet is fearing. And after tonight, it might not have been the cleanest win in the world, but it was still a win. You're still in position to be the best team in the NFL. The other was Kevin Byard adjusting to the secondary. And tonight, you saw him do everything he was supposed to do against Travis Kelsey. You saw him do everything he was supposed to do in the red zone. And coming off that interception was clutch. And, yes, Bradley Roby with the punch out was phenomenal as well. Listen, I'm going to tell you this. I, you, we talked about it in the pregame, and I said, you know, this isn't a must-win game for the Eagles, but from a psychological standpoint, it was a must-win game for them. And this gauntlet that we've talked about, Buffalo hasn't looked good. They looked good the other night, but they haven't looked good, you know, up to this point. So the Eagles realizing that they just slayed Goliath, you know, puts them psychologically in a different place to now go and face the Buffalo Bills, the 49ers, go to Dallas, go to Seattle. It puts them in a completely different place, in my opinion. And th that's why I, th I felt like this game was a must game from a psychological standpoint, more so than it was a must-win game just from a record standpoint. And I think a big reason why is Jalen Hurts, and I think all of we can agree with that. 26-1 in his last 27 starts, which is 
a crazy statistic. This guy goes out there, he finds ways to win. And when you're watching this game, when you were watching Tom Brady, you said, okay, you don't want to give him any time on the clock. He's going to come back and probably score. You could say the same thing about Pat Mahomes. The way that Jalen Hurts, though, was able to put this game to bed and say, listen, A.J. Brown might not be happy with what he's getting here today, but Devontae Smith is the guy. Do you think that was a Jalen Hurts stand of saying, I'm going to go to what works, and that's been Devontae? Do you think that's a coaching staff, or does Jalen kind of have that groove now and that say to be like, we're going to go to what works. This is what's flowing right now, and this is how we're going to win the ball game. Listen, with Dallas got it out, you just knew that the targets were going to go up with Devontae anyway, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, the commentary here in the live chat while we're actually doing the show. And it's interesting to me how some people are like, oh, you know, Seth, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, Sneed, you know, uh, um, um, A.J. Brown ate Sneed up. Come on, man. The numbers speak for itself. Four targets, one catch, you know, dude was doing something right. And, yeah, you can talk about the fact that, yeah, he had him beat on that route, but he ran the wrong route. That's what turned into the interception by, by Hurts. If he runs the right route, maybe he have two receptions instead of just one, you know. But the truth of the matter is, listen, this team has figured out, you know, how to get it done when they need to get it done. And I, I've always said Jalen Hurts, I don't know what his numbers were on the night. He, he threw the ball 20 for 22 for 150. So 22 times. Normally he's right around the 35 to 37, you know, attempts per game mark. Um, obviously that was different because, you know, the rushing attempts were way up. He, we ran the ball more than we actually threw the ball for a change tonight. But the issue is, is that when he throws the ball 30-plus times, normally A.J. Brown gets – 15, he gets at least 50% of those targets. And I've been saying all year long, there's nothing wrong with what A.J. is doing. It's phenomenal, the pace that he's been on. But you got to start targeting some of these other guys, and Devontae is too good to only get two or three targets in a game. you got to figure out a way to get him involved and get him the ball and make defenses start worrying about where he is and what he's doing, and then that's just going to open up more, in my opinion, for A.J. Brown. You know, but without Dallas, you know, let me see how many DeAndre Swift had, you know, three targets, three catches. I think all of those were in the first half, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I, he's another guy that needs yeah. to get the ball more out of the backfield. Well, uh, listen, uh, and, and Hurts made two great plays when he had to make them. Uh, let's get to Kansas City because uh, we heard from Derek Gunner earlier. Now let's hear from John McMullen, who covered the game for Jacob Media. Uh, John, listen, we sit here in bewilderment a little bit. Uh, the Eagles win again. Uh, we're used to seeing them win no matter what happens. Uh, but we're kind of both stunned here, right here on the panel that they actually won this game. What did it look like from your vantage point? Well, you're bewildered. It's what Mike Missanelli. Winning is a habit. And the Eagles have a habit, and they tend to win these games. And I think he really kind of called the he punted the football four from the Eagle nine yard line. Obviously, um, they weren't able to get a good punt. It turned out to be a touchback. I think right there, the game turned, and I think the Eagles took the ball by the horns. And Jalen does what he typically does a great play when it matters. But to that. I played it at Bonte Smith, a sudden bang, touchdown, Eagles, and 
you know, they're built to play from the lead because of that pass rush. We, we, John, hold on a second. We're having, uh, we're having some transmission problems. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll straighten those out, and uh, we'll hear you clearly uh, right after this. So hang in there. It is the Pontlet Hockey Eagles postgame show. Right back with John McMullen after this. Fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go first. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together. Remember, we're coming on back on. Make our most accurate coming back on me, all camera. Of this backed by more than that camera or that weather scientists. It's a team game, and we have the best. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. All righty, we are back. The Pond Hockey Eagles postgame show live from Ocean Casino. So let's get back to G-E-H-A Field at Arrowhead Stadium and our own John McMullen who covered the game for Jacob Media. John, uh, we, we were saying and we, your transmission got cut off a little bit, but uh, we were startled to see them win the game. It's a great win. We don't know how they did it, but they did it. 21-17, so what was your viewpoint? Yeah, my viewpoint is Giha, or whatever it's called, Giha Field at Arrowhead. They have to do a better job with their Wi-Fi because there's some spotty <laughs> issues. But hopefully we get through it. 
I, I think fourth and four at the Eagles 39 with nine minutes left is where the game, that's where Reed decided to punt the football. Tommy Townsend, who, who's a great punter, all-pro punter last year, uh, wasn't able to get it done, pin the Eagles back. It turned into a touchback. So Kansas City got 19 yards, just a terrible decision. So for those people who don't think Andy Reid still loves Philadelphia, he loves Philadelphia. He gave him a gift. And all of a sudden, the Eagles get the football at the 20-yard line. I, I think in a, a three, four, five, six, seven, eight play drive, less than three minutes, Jalen Hurts makes the big play, makes the call to line of scrimmage to go to the go route to Devontae Smith, parts uh, down to the Eagles' one-yard line. Toast player, game over, Eagles. Yeah, it's amazing. This team finds ways to win. It was ugly in the prep down 10 points. Nobody plays better from, from the often, but Jalen Hurts has been back and playing behind. Deep defense right now, raise the first half, couldn't stop run. I thought they got out physical, which is rough for the Eagles. I think the Chiefs were a little bit. They made the adjustments. Um, great second half, didn't give up any points. And anytime you're playing Patrick Mahomes, even though the Chiefs have struggled offensively for about a month now. That's pretty John, I know a lot of times after almost every win this season, and granted there's been nine of them to this point, so that's pretty good. Every time we've been talking about how this team just needs to find ways to win and keep winning games, they continue to do that. But against a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, does this win tonight mean that they are the better team than the Chiefs, or does this win simply mean they made fewer mistakes than the Kansas City Chiefs? Um, I, well, I have the better team. I, I don't think this game, I, I thought they were the better team in the Super Bowl and they didn't win the game. I, I think they're still the better team. They could have lost the game if, if Valdez Cantling makes a catch late. Pat Holmes had him. He got both hands on the football. Should have been a touchdown for the Chiefs or would have been probably the two-yard line or something. Uh, so a chance to win the game all of a sudden the football and and the Eagles are able to finish so um, it wasn't perfect but they were able to persevere on the road in difficult conditions not only weather wise but also this is one of the toughest places to play Nick Sirianni said the toughest besides Philadelphia he's got to get his pandering in there but this is the loudest outdoor environment uh, in the NFL um, so it's a really difficult place to win, certainly more difficult than a, um, uh, a Super Bowl where you're on, you're obviously playing in Arizona this year. It's going to be in Las Vegas. So uh, neutral site games aren't as difficult from that perspective. But the Eagles have more talent than the Chiefs. They had more talent in February and more talent now. Um, but they could have lost this game. Uh, it, you know, they're one play away. Scantling hangs on to that football, they probably lose the game. And, John, Sean Desai clearly made very good adjustments after the halftime break. You can't say the same thing for Brian Johnson, some screenplays there that a lot of people didn't like. But for you, what do you feel like Brian Johnson did well that maybe helped them win this game? And do you think going forward he will help them or hurt them in the offensive game plan? 
Um, well, I think the game plan, you know, this is Nick Sirianni's offense. I think people have to understand that this is this is Nick Sirianni's game plan. Every game they come into, it's a Nick Sirianni game plan. It was a Nick Sirianni game plan last year with Shane Steichen. Uh, he just has other people call him the plays because he wants to be the game manager uh, and doesn't want to get bogged down with the with the play calling. So. It's his offense. He's in control of it, um, and sort of uh, Brian has the uh, the toggle, you know, if you're a video game gal. So he's he's got the he's got the controller, but everything is laid out in front of. Him. It's not like he goes rogue and says, "I'm going to throw 57 bubble screens," which is what the Eagles kind of descended into at one point. So I wouldn't blame Brian for that. Um, I do think it was kind of uh, ugly at times with all those bubble screens. Clearly, the Eagles thought they had something there. It wasn't working, um, but they managed to make enough plays. They did use motion than usual. You saw a jet sweep to DeAndre Swift that went for 35 yards. You saw a lot of orbit motion. You saw receivers lining up in the backfield. So that was a little bit of a tweak coming out of the bye. But overall, they didn't play well offensively. They didn't get the passing game going. Now, maybe that was because of the weather, um, but there was really no consistency in that aspect. They were able to get Swift involved with some of the inside screens a little bit. Devontae had a big game. Other than that, uh, not a good, not a good game from the from the passing uh, part of it. And remember, they came in number one in the NFL in third down offense and they started out 0 for 5 and they didn't convert a third down into that tush push um, uh, late in the third quarter so that's how long it took them to convert a third down and that's why you see the play numbers are down they didn't run a lot of offensive plays because they weren't out there a lot um, and and you know so People are probably going to be happier with Sean Desai this week because they closed better than they opened. If you go back before the bye, everybody was mad at Sean Desai because they closed poorly and let Dallas uh, back out of the game, so back into the game. So I think that's kind of dependent on, on how people see the personality of the game. John, I'm one of the few people that's going to be happy, you know, with the offensive production in the second half. Um, I just looked at the difference between production in the first half and production in the second half. They ran the ball 16 times in the second half, and they threw the ball 15 times in the second half. And while they might not have gotten, you know, the pass game going on a wet night when the run game was probably going to be more important than the pass game, you know, they found some balance with their offense when they really need to get the ball moving and get it going. Through the first seven possessions of the game, they went punt, touchdown, interception, punt, 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 punt. And then they finished touchdown, punt, touchdown. You know, so we can talk about, you know, them wanting to get the pass game going, but it seems to me that this offense works more efficiently when they find some kind of balance. You know, they started off – the first, the first touchdown drive, the second possession of the game, 
they went nine plays, 75 yards, and five of those plays were runs by DeAndre Swift and one, the tush push. I believe it was the tush pusher. It might have been a run by Hurts. Six out of nine plays, they actually run the ball. You know, I think that there's some merit there that the game is still, the, the, the running game is still an important part of the game, which they sometimes abandon, even if they want to be a pass-first team. Well, I, I think, you know, to a certain degree, they, they abandoned it when Jalen was struggling, I, I you know, with the knee injury. I do think it was healthier today. And again, it wasn't uh, necessarily about the numbers, but he carried it 12 times. You take out the toast pushes, you're, you're down to eight or nine. So he was back in the mode. He had the big quarterback draw for the touchdown as a perfect example of that. And that's a play that was really successful for the Eagles last season hasn't been as, as so this season so that was important to get that going but I got to tell you Seth I mean when at the end of the game when you're you have 238 yards of total offense and you're three for 11 on third downs and you're coming into the game with a top five offense and the number one third down offense you're not happy I guarantee you nobody's going home to Philadelphia tonight on the Philadelphia Eagles saying this was a good offensive performance. Now you can add in all the, the the things that were going on, the difficult environment, the weather on top of it, um, and all of that is valid. But this team is never happy if they're only putting up 238 yards, 21 points, 27% on third down. That's just not the Philadelphia Eagles offense. Um, they were able to win. They were able to persevere. They deserve credit for making some plays in the second half and coming back. Um, but, yeah, I would not consider this a strong offensive performance. Well, but you also got to give credit to the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, this offense and this defense, as far as ranking and how they're playing, has just made a complete flip. The offense was the powerhouse of this team the last few years, and the defense was kind of the redhead stepchild, if you will. And that's changed this year. This team is only giving up 15 points per game. They're giving up 288 total yards of total offense. They're fourth in the, in the NFL. They're 12th in third down conversions. They're 18th in red zone conversions. And against the pass, they're ranked fourth. So. Sometimes, you know, you got to take everything with a grain of salt and ask yourself, okay, we're playing against guys that get paid to play, and we're in a hostile environment. And, oh, by the way, they give up 17th, they're 17th against the run. They give up 112 yards per game on the ground. So you got to take all of those things into consideration. Yeah, the Eagles might not be happy with the offensive production, but you also got to give the Kansas City Chiefs and Steve Spagnuolo some credit for being able to, you know, take an offense that's averaging, what, 368 yards per game and hold them to 233 yards per game? Well, look, the Chiefs are, are, are much better defensively. Uh, there's no doubt about that. They're, they're, they've had a, a great season to this point defensively. But I, I would say about the Eagles, they wouldn't be happy with this performance against the 1985 Bears. So... I'm not going to say this defense, which is playing well, and they couldn't block Chris Jones in the first half. And, you know, if they got 
invested in the bubble screen for some reason in the second half. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, they, they're pretty consistent every week. They don't care who's on the other side because they think they're better than who's on the other side. That means the number one team and the number 32 team. Sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. Today, they weren't offensively, but they were still able to get some plays done and some key moments. Andy Reid, as I mentioned, helped them out. But no, I mean, look, I know people love Steve Spagnuolo in Philadelphia. He's doing a great job. He's not the best defensive coordinator in football. He doesn't have a magic potion. Uh, he's got some talented players. Um, he's done a good job, but the Eagles didn't play well. And the Eagles, when they don't get AJ Brown involved, they're not happy. When they don't, when they don't get um, 30 plus points, they're not happy. When they're when they're converting 27 percent of third downs, they're not happy. And like I said, that could be against the 1985 Bears. Uh, they they're not going to be happy. John, you, um, you, and yeah, a lot of yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. A lot of that has to do with, I, I thought, as I said, if I saw one more bubble screen, I was going to poke my eyes out like everybody else. I don't know what, what they saw, what they were trying to do, um, but it was a weird, disjointed, and maybe it was just the weather. It was a weird, disjointed plan by the Philadelphia Eagles on the offensive side of the football and I know to that degree, I'll, I'll counter it because people don't seem to like Brian, Brian Johnson. That ain't his game plan. That's Nick Sirianni. So if you want to blame somebody, blame the right person. And that's the head coach. Yeah, I think we're trying to get those uh, bubble screens and just get Jalen some, some freedom. I mean, he looked like he was getting engulfed in there, and then, but it was a poor attempt at doing it. You said something earlier. That they're the best team. Um, they're better than the Chiefs. They're the best team in the NFL, if I heard you correctly. Uh, the Chief team looked like they were really exposed offensively tonight. It's not the same dynamic Mahomes getting the ball out. He, he's got Travis Kelsey had a lackluster uh, game, I thought, and, and their wide receivers really don't have any pizzazz at all so can, can we take the Chiefs out of, out of there as, as like this is a Super Bowl matchup a re, replay I know but can we take them out of there as a, the, the contender for the big prize against the Eagles I don't think they're they're going to go back to the Super Bowl I, I do think Baltimore is a better team I wouldn't I wouldn't take them out of the equation because you know I don't think there's any teams that can't be beaten you can never, they do have the best player in the world. I do believe Patrick Holmes is still the best player in the world. Maybe they figure something out when it comes to receiver. Maybe some of these young guys get it going. Maybe they, they get uh, a better compliment to Travis Kelsey. But when you're making mistakes, I mean, their strengths are, are the head coach and the quarterback. Nick Sirianni was fired up, you know, pointing to some, some of us reporters who uh, picked the Chiefs to win the game because they had the better quarterback and the better coach. Um, and he said, who's got the better quarterback? Who's got the better coach? Well, I still think the Chiefs do. By the way, I picked <laughs> the Eagles to win, so I wasn't one of them. But nonetheless, um, I can't take them out of the equation, but they're not nearly as dangerous as they were even dating back to February, never mind how dangerous they were when they had Tyreek Hill, when it was at, at that point, you didn't know what to do with them. 
Um, so clearly they're struggling. And by the way, they heard a lot of boos um, in the second half of this game at times when their offense was sputtering, which is kind of surprising. So they're a lot like Eagles fans in Kansas City. They've been spoiled by the success. Um, and they're not playing up to their standard, and especially offensively. Yeah, it's turned, and Seth's right about that. The defense is better than the offense in Kansas City, and that's crazy when you think they have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Farsi, you got the last question for John McMullen. <laughs> um, I'll try to make it a good one for you, John. This was, in all the wins they've had this season, this is the lowest point total they've had in any win this year. The only point total they have fewer than what they put up tonight was the 14 against the New York Jets in their loss. How much of that, aside from Brian Johnson, aside from play calling, how much of that was the impact of Dallas Goddard? Because anytime I'm able to talk to a member of the Philadelphia Eagles, they always talk about Dallas Goddard's role, obviously in the passing game, but in the run game is a tremendous help there as well. So just uh, schematically going into this game and game plan-wise, how much of the impact was felt with Dallas Goddard not being in uniform tonight? Well, I think a fair amount. I mean, they weren't able to get anybody involved in the passing game outside of Devontae. Um, you know, then it was DeAndre Swift. But as far as the receivers, Julio Jones caught two, two bubble screens for five yards. A.J. Brown caught one pass for eight yards. One pass for eight yards, A.J. Brown. And Jack Stoll had two targets, caught one for three. And Alameda Zacchaeus had one target. That's it. That's it. Now, a lot of that had to do with the lack of efficiency on third down. So, again, the play totals as a whole were down. So they only ran 49 offensive plays, which is not a good number. And they want that to be mid-60s, you know, good games over 70 maybe. They weren't able to get that going. Um, early in the game, especially in the first half. But you have to give them credit. I mean, they are relentless. You make one mistake, and that's why I go back to Andy Reid, fourth and four from the 39. Look, maybe you don't get it, but you show confidence in your team. Um, you know, the Eagles still got to go uh, uh, a decent distance at that point. Um, but by punting the football, by laying up, as the Super Bowl champions in this era of football, I think that sends a message to your team, and it's not a good message. That was Justin Watson messed up that punt too, by the way. And not only did the ball yeah. go through, his hand, you know, <laughs> Justin Watson went to Penn. You know, he's a Penn guy. Oh yeah, John. Thank you for hanging out with us at Arrowhead Stadium or G E H A Field. We appreciate it. We will talk to you next week as the Eagles take on the Buffalo Bills. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you. All right, thanks, guys. John McMullen brought to us by DelVal Insurance. Save up to 40% on your car insurance right now. Call your partners, Fran or Jim, at DelVal Insurance. Here's how you can connect with DelVal. My name is uh, Fran Salerno, and I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. My wife was in an accident that changed our lives forever. 
She was in rehabilitation for years. She had to learn to walk again. She couldn't take care of herself. We couldn't afford a nurse. We were running out of options. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. They understood what we were going through and immediately helped us navigate the legal process. We can't thank them enough. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Some say courage is something you're born with. Others say courage is something you find. In every generation throughout history, courage has been celebrated, sought after, needed. It holds the potential for a life of impact. But what if courage isn't just something you hope for or stumble upon? What if courage is something that can be shaped at a place that inspires you, where leaders invest in you, your community believes in you, and your life becomes something bigger than it could ever be alone. The perfect pair. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. It is the Pond Hockey Eagles postgame show live from Ocean Casino. Uh, you know, we are involved with a really good charity. We've got a great contest going on uh, to accompany that. Uh, Mark Farzad is going to tell us a little bit about it. Mark, tell us about Ebot. Let me uh, just start with the lead here. You're still in the lead, Mike Missinelli, with Team Miss over uh, Team Joiner just by a hair. Team Gunner is making a strong comeback, and Team Farzi is left in the dust at this point. But anyway, we're going to tell you right now about this great partnership we have with the Ebod Foundation, E-B-O-D. And just like in football, every team relies on the strength of its players working together as a team. Well, right now, you could be part of that team and help combat Alzheimer's as well as dementia. 
by getting involved in uh, this great charity event with us. For a ticket to the big game, the big game sweepstakes, you simply text the word SCORE to 833-202-9835. That's 833-202-9835. Also use promo codes Team Miss, Team Seth, Team Gun, and Team Farzy to be part of our golf teams and take part in this great foundation to help combat Alzheimer's and combat dementia as well with the EBOD Foundation. So make sure you take advantage of that, and you'll get tickets to the big game in Las Vegas as well. Two nights in a hotel and two Gs. That's $2,000 in cash for expenses for you. Just text the word SCORE to 833-202-9835, and you can get involved as well. That's good. That was a cool graphic, by the way. You like that graphic? graphic? Yeah, they're very colorful. They, our graphic team did a lot of work on that. A- absolutely. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's move on to some game balls here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you know, uh, to me, uh, kind of an underplayed guy. I- I'm going to go with uh, Devontae Smith uh, for my, my game ball. All of a sudden, you look up, and, and he had 99 yards receiving and a big a monster catch down the end where he really strategically warded it off that cornerback and 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 got it and draped it uh to get to the one yard line and that turned out to be uh the, the game winning touchdown so i'm going to go with Devonte today excellent choice mike excellent choice i have to go with jalen hurts in tonight's game jalen hurts set a rec- another record tonight he's not only the youngest quarterback in the nfl since the 1970 merger to go nine and one or better in 10 games the following season back-to-back years of doing that but also he broke a, a record that he was tied with Vinny Testaverde and Peyton Manning. When it comes to uh, starting off your rec- your, se- your career excuse me, with 13 consecutive wins against winning teams, nobody has done it 13 straight times. Jalen Hurts has. He's the only quarterback to do that. Testaverde. Vinny Testaverde <laughs> and Peyton Manning. I guess I could buy Peyton <laughs> I was just as shocked as you to learn that little tidbit as well. I saw, I heard that earlier in today, and then he just broke the record tonight by being able to beat another winning team. So Jalen Hurts and the way he placed that ball where it needed to be, he gets my game That's ball. Good tonight. inside information, man. See, had I known that, I might go with Jalen. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no. You beat Vinny Testaverde. Who do you think he is, Tommy yeah, DeVito? I think I have to go on the defensive side of the ball, and I'm going to give it to the defensive coordinator and Sean Desai because there's another game that I go to where I see that he really made that halftime adjustment. It was the Miami Dolphins with Tyree Kill, and then he does it yet again against the Kansas City Chiefs. Travis Kelsey only had 44 yards. Now, was that because Taylor Swift wasn't there, or was that because Sean Desai had a really good game plan? I think Sean Desai, with this young secondary, consistently having guys playing different roles, he's really done a good job as the defensive coordinator. We saw that tonight, and it's a huge reason they won the game. I mean, a shutout in the second half against Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey is something that would have won them Super Bowl if he was there. You know, I'm going with Jalen Hurts, and I'm and not because of why Mark is going with Jalen Hurts. After going five for seven in the first half and being sacked five times and throwing an interception, dude just kept he just kept just kept coming back. He just kept coming back. You know, and I know the run game in the second half with DeAndre Swift was a big deal. But Jalen Hurts was under duress all game long. And, and you know what? I, I, I didn't say it while John was on because I didn't want to, you know, tick him off a little bit. But he said some things that I don't agree with, you know. <laughs> I, I really don't agree with the fact that Spagnuolo and this defense 
played a major role in why the offense wasn't as proficient as it should have been. I don't buy that because I believe that, you know, nothing in the NFL happens by chance. You're either forcing things to happen or your things are being forced upon you. Okay? So this this offense, which, you know, is one of the top ten offenses in the National Football League, you know, they weren't able to operate like they normally operate. Now, was that because, you know, they just had an off night or was it because the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, forced the issue? I would, I, I've been around long enough to know that the Kansas City Chiefs forced the issue. A lot of quarterbacks, you know, under the circumstances that Jalen Hurts found himself in in the first half of this game, not only this game, but even the Dallas game, he goes in limping, you know, at halftime and comes out and leads his team to victory. This guy is a straight-up warrior. And it wasn't, you know, one of his greatest performances, but when you look at what he accomplished in the second half under the circumstances, they don't they don't win this game without Jalen Hurts. They just don't win it without his performance. And, you know, Devontae, great game. You know, DeAndre, great game. The whole the offensive line, you know, your adjustment in the second half, great game. But they don't win this game without Jalen. Well, I agree, and I agree with you on Spagnola. He brought fierce heat in that first half one to the point where Jalen didn't know where to go with the ball, he, and, he, and he didn't know how to slither out of there, and I think he's really uh, disabled when it comes to his legs and being able to squirm out of there. But, but Spagnola had every front covered, and the question I had was, why did he step off uh, the, the pedal a little bit in the second half? So, interesting you say that. Because we were all pretty animated about the bubble screens and the throws to the outside and all that stuff. And, Seth, I just saw your tweet during the postgame show about how angry you were. I heard you in the room, but then I saw the tweet as well. <laughs> Is there now a method to the madness with Brian Johnson? Because it, it, it appeared to me that they, saw, they started to not pack the middle of the line of scrimmage as much as they were through the v- vast majority of the game once they started being a little bit more reliant on those bubble screens or those quick throws to the outside. The other side of that is that we've seen it with Jalen Hurts in the past where he's kind of used that bubble screen as his safety net. We saw it in the Arizona Cardinal game last year. We saw it to a point last year where even Shane Sykin called it out to the media where he wasn't throwing his quarterback under the bus so much, just saying this is, might be a teaching moment with a young quarterback where maybe you can't rely on that as much. But it looked like, at least, in this game, those screens and those quick throws to the outside started to provide a little bit more pre- or a little bit more uh, alleviate a little bit more of that pressure for Jalen Hurts to maybe make that throw down the field or maybe set up a good run for DeAndre Swift and start going between the tackles a little bit more often and down the middle of the field. Is there a little bit of a oh now I see the method to the madness after the game as opposed to going through it in the moment? Well, I think in light of some of the successes that they had after the the Kelsey turnover. You know, the thing I didn't like, and I understood, I, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I understand why they did it. They were backed up a little bit, and they wanted to get a little bit of breathing room. You know, so understanding that Spagnola was not going to just sit back and allow Jalen Hurts time to throw the ball down the field. So the ball had to come out. Most teams run hot routes. They run side adjustments against that type of pressure. The Eagles don't do a lot of that. They rely on their their protection to pick it all up. And even with their protections, they couldn't pick it up. You know, Spagnola does a good job of disguising what he's actually trying to do. 
does a good job of walking guys up, pulling guys out, making it look like this guy's coming, bringing somebody else from the other side. So he created this confusion. And the only way that they could really slow it down, like I said, was draws, delayed draws, you know, and screens. What I didn't like was the first down screen that they ran because you were conceding to the fact, <clears throat> excuse me, you were conceding to the fact that they were going to run a, that they were coming with pressure on first down. Well, they were doing it for the run, but you can pick that up with the, with the running back. They're usually just sending the extra linebacker. So maybe you come with that on second down and you catch them off guard, but you ran it boom, boom, two times in a row, and it didn't work. But then, but, but then when they started running to DeAndre Swift and had we had Dallas Goddard, we would have probably ran some tight end screens at the same time. That's the way you slow down, you know, these aggressive style defenses that are just not going to let you sit back and do what you want to do. You have to have something. And if you're not a sight adjustment team, if you're not a quick game team, then you better be a darn good screen team and a good draw team in order to slow defenses down. All right, it is time now for our drive of the game, and it's presented by Rafferty Subaru. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Drive of the game. Now, the first drive that they scored was important because Kansas City had taken the lead. But I got to go with the last drive, the one that gets them to 21 points because they started that drive at the 20-yard line and got the ball down the field. And in that drive, and we're talking about Jalen Hurts, when he needs to make a play, he makes a play. Third and five at the 45. Short middle pass to Devontae Smith converts it for 13 yards. The next play is the deep pass to Devontae Smith to the right for 41. Two monster plays that he makes when he needed to make it. So I'm going to go with that as the drive of the game because after that, of course, it was the tush push for the touchdown, an unstoppable play. That's my drive of the game. It was the game that clinched it for him, without question. And that was, that was the first time, really, since the first half where you saw that first drive that you mentioned, they really started to have some fluidity to that offense. You mentioned it right there, seven plays, 80 yards, only ate up two minutes and 36 seconds, but it was efficiency. And you had not seen efficiency from the Eagles offense hardly at all throughout this entire game. But that's where they were able to reestablish themselves. And one of the huge plays on that was the 20-yard play by DeAndre Swift because that's where you saw DeAndre Swift run angry. And I think the guy on the other side of the football field, Isaiah Pacheco, runs angry and runs mm -hmm. aggressive. And I, I really, other than the fact the Eagles suffered from him in the Super Bowl, I admire the guy for running hard like that, right? DeAndre Swift was able to do that for the Eagles in tonight's game. That was one instance where he did it. Another instance was that, and I'll give credit to Brian Johnson for this, that jet sweep that they ran with DeAndre Swift was a great one as well where he went for 35 yards. But he started to see him run angry, but that 21-yard run by him on that drive, Mike, was the one that really showed you that he could get that running game going again. I have to agree with both of you guys there. You talk about that huge feed to Devontae Smith and the tush-push. Puts them up 21-17, to 17, but guys, there were still 6.20 left in the fourth quarter. Not only does that have the offense go up, but I also think it gave the defense a ton of confidence going back out there and saying, okay, we've got your back. We're going to close this game out for you. Sean Desai and that defense was ready. They just needed a little bit of breathing room, and they were able to do just that. 6.20 left. To Patrick Mahomes, that's like a whole game. Somehow the defense <laughs> is able to put a stop to it, but it doesn't happen unless Jalen Hurts makes that drive. All right, let, me, let me put the truth meter on you then. Ooh. With 6.20 left, did you think – that the Chiefs were going to come back down and score. I did. 
I did. And I have to say I did did. because, listen, Patrick Mahomes to me is like what I feared in Tom Brady. You can give him 40 seconds left on the clock and he can make something happen. But I also didn't think that Sean Desai was going to have the second half that he did. And we talked about it at halftime. We've seen him do it. But for him to be able to do it at this extent, shut Patrick Mahomes out in the second half. I mean, this is what excites me about the Eagles going forward. I'll say it. I didn't think they were going to win. They had a chance, snowballs, chance in hell, and they won. 620 was a lot of time. <laughs> I'm going to go in a different direction because I, 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 I kind of feel like the Eagles went in the halftime kind of down because they have an opportunity to draw even, and, you know, they don't get it done. They have to punt. The last two drives of the first half, they go four plays, three yards, three plays, minus five yards, and they have to punt. Then they come back out after halftime. They go three plays, one yard, punt, three plays, six yards, and punt. That eighth, that eighth drive was pivotal because when Hurts runs that ball in from 10 yards out, now the game is 14 to 17. And there's a true belief that they have the ability to win this football game. And I think that that, to me, is the drive of the game. Because even though they come back two, two series later to actually take the lead, I don't think that they really believed that they could win that game until they scored that six-play, um, seven-play, 61-yard drive and the Jalen Hurts quarterback sweep for the That's touchdown. That's a good call by you. And I'm shocked that you didn't mention what started that drive. What started that drive? Your boy with the punt return. Oh, you know I love Kobe, man. Come I mean, come on. That's the linchpin. Kobe with a, with a great return there me, starts me, that drive. Let me blow your mind. Kobe averaged 17.7 <laughs> yards per punt return tonight. Solid he's game. The, he's the biggest Kobe fan. I love that it. dude, man. The, I'm telling you right now, I'm calling it. He is going to return one before the season is over. You watch. Just watch. Yeah, you got 100 on it with me. I know. Yes, I do. <laughs> and I'm, a, I'm giving you two to one off. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, he's, got a ga- he's got a game check on the line tonight. I just got to find that Gannon stat. And then let me tell you something. That game, no, that game check is a it's a help game you, man, check. I, <laughs> I, I do believe not, me. I do not believe that Jonathan Gammon um, um, pressured twenty plus times. I know for a fact that for the most of I, percent. I said percent. Percent. Okay. Not. I don't. Nowhere near twenty percent. Okay. I believe his number was something like fourteen percent for the whole year last year. Where people are coming up with this 20%. They have to be making it up. No, they, they have to. They are making it's it up. It's false Eagles information. Eagles, it's Eagles false PR. information. Just flooding the media with it. <laughs> Eagles PR? No, I'm just, I'm just saying. It's my, if you're going to say it's not true, <laughs> who else would be the source? There's no way. There's no uh, way. Let's take a break. I got a theory, too, because uh, I've already said that I think that Taylor Swift not being at the game affected Travis Kelsey a little bit. And I think in Argentina – when she got word that her man had a big turnover in the game and the Chiefs lost, I think it ruined her concert in Argentina. Now, I, I don't know for a fact, but I'm going to get my spies on that, whether this was a good Taylor Swift concert in Argentina tonight. I think it goes both ways, Seth. Love struck. Man, let me tell you something. <laughs> that game did not affect her concert one iota. Her not being 
you know, at Arrowhead Stadium affected his performance. See, okay, at least you agree with me on that. Hey, listen, man. He, he if, was foggy tonight. If, if, if he know like I know, he'd end this mess right now <laughs> before it becomes the end of his career. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. <laughs> it is the Pondland Hockey Eagles postgame show live from Motion Casino back after this. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. on a Roku, a Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Watch Action News Live. And the big story on Action News. Plus special programming, breaking news, and severe weather updates. Tremendous amounts of rain. Always on. Always the news team you trust. Watch 6ABC 24-7 on your streaming device. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. All right, the Eagles win it 21-17. to And looky here, look who's on the set with us. It is the great Dr. Bruce Grossinger, our own sports doc. Uh, uh, Dr. Bruce, a couple injuries today. You had Milton Williams go out, and uh, you had Calcaterra go out with a little ankle situation. What's the update on those two gentlemen? 
Well, in the friendly fire department, Milton Williams got a really nice hit by Nicholas Murrow, his own guy. Head snapped back. He's in the concussion protocol. He was not knocked out fully. Greg Calcaterra, already insult to injury. Tight ends, low. An undisclosed ankle injury, probably not a fracture. They're the two main injuries. Good news department, Dallas Goddard had only a simple fracture, not a comminuted fracture. Underwent a rotting and should be back in two to three weeks and badly need him at tight end. No, what what is Stop. the what, what is, is the, the routing? Yeah, what I should the, say a rotting. Rotting. So, I'm sorry, rotting? it's late. Not a routing. So essentially, uh, didn't sound good. But basically, it's when they take a titanium rod and connect two pieces of the ulna bone, and um, and, and they let it heal and it actually uh, stays in there. And he'll be wearing uh, one of those uh, Gronkowski type forearm braces, and he should be actually back in play. In, uh, in two weeks, which is great news for the Eagles. Two weeks? That's what I hear. Wow. He was not placed on IR, Seth. Oh, I know that. And so that, that is the, uh, that's the projection. So will he miss the next two games, or will he be back it, for the second it, game? He'll, he'll miss the next two games and be back, presumably, for, for game three. At least that's the projection right now. So that's way better than we thought. When, when we thought there was an actual dislocation in commutative fracture, that would have been season-ending. So... Goddard dodged the bullet with that particular so injury. Dallas will come I, I, back from I know, Dallas. I, I, I know. I know. I'm out of order. Excuse me, Mark, but I got it. What is? Because I'm excited about this. Are you kidding me? The rotting. I'm excited about the fact that Dallas Goddard could be back in two oh, yeah. weeks. Are you kidding me? That's a major coup for the Eagles. But what's the what's the downside of bringing him back that early? Because if he if he if he re breaks it or he re injures it in any way then he's done for the season. Okay, so uh, let me explain. So the, the two parts of the bone had a simple dislocation, and there is a rod which will stabilize the bone. And so obviously they're not going to have him come back unless the, the callus is formed properly. He'll also, if you remember, Gronkowski played with, with even worse injuries, and he wore an amazing brace. So the projection is he'll be back in three weeks. So that... That's they would have put him in IR, but for um, the, the the nature of the injury. All right, that wow. sounds good. That's very optimistic. So let's get the look ahead now because the Eagles, uh, a game that a lot of people thought they would lose, they get a W out of it. They're now it's four in a row as they uh, host Buffalo next Sunday afternoon at four twenty-five. Uh, who knows how good the Bills are? I have no idea from week to week whether they're formidable or not. And then, of course, San Francisco at home before they go to Dallas and Seattle. So, Seth, how are we feeling about next week? It all depends on how we're going to play run defense because I think one of the biggest problems that Buffalo has had is that when they've been inconsistent, they haven't been able to run the football. They came out the other night, Sunday night, and actually ran the football and ran it successfully. So if the Eagles gave up, what, um, 168 total yards today on 30 carries, it's 5.6 yards per carry, and they've got to figure that out. You know, now, I, I don't know. I, I, I know that Sean Desai didn't want to get into too much five-man front because that's where they're best at at really stopping the run. He didn't want to get into too much of it because that makes you weaker on the back end, and he didn't want to put his DBs in that situation against Patrick Mahomes. 
So you're going to kind of face the same thing with Josh Allen next week, a guy that can make all the throws, a top-flight wide receiver who's not who's frustrated right now, a really good tight end. So if they can get the run game under control like they have leading, you know, through the first nine weeks of the season, then I feel very good about, about this game because Josh Allen is just not the same quarterback when he doesn't have that run game to actually back him up. Yeah. And seven straight games with an interception, by the way. At least one interception, seven straight games for Josh. I don't, I don't know how good they are. I, I really don't. I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if the Eagles win the next three games. <laughs> well, in, in this monster schedule. You know, they're going to lose this. We're going to lose that. They might, they might sweep through it. If the Eagles can find a way to beat the Chiefs. I mean, th- I mean what else? I mean, at this point, what else do they need? The, the, the other game that's circled on this calendar, other than the Cowboys game, when both games are always circled on that calendar, but is the 49ers game. And my only concern, and one of the things I love about this Eagles team is how much they're able to pull focus and how much Nick Sirianni finds a great way to motivate these guys each and every week, is that I don't know if they're able to have that letdown game. But if they are, this might be one of those games against the Buffalo Bills. I think they're the far superior team to the Buffalo Bills. This is a dangerous game. This is a dangerous game because they're supposed to win this one. I don't think so. You don't think so at no, all? I, I, With I the don't, 49ers after that? You want to know why I don't think so? I don't think so. Not because, you know, it, it's a letdown game, trap, trap game, game, whatever. Yeah, I don't believe in that anyway. Okay. But, you know, I, I don't believe it's a trap game because, you know, they've been in this situation with the Jets game where they were looking ahead, you know, and, and got skinned. The other thing is, you know, Buffalo has been looked upon as one of the teams that, you know, that are Super Bowl contenders, even though their record doesn't reflect it. And that's why I said the psychology of winning today was more important than if they lost this game. You know, it's not, it wasn't a, a must win from, from a record standpoint. It was a must win from a psychological standpoint because they needed to beat a team like Kansas City on the road for, for, for confidence reasons. So now, why would they lack any confidence against the Buffalo Bills coming into the link after you just had to go to Kansas City and play the team that beat you in the Super Bowl last year? There's not going to be any letdown there. Oh, I don't think that they're going to be lacking confidence. I think it would be – I mean, look, I still think they can win that game. I'm just saying – I think they will win that game. I'm just saying that game is a little bit more dangerous because I think so many people are going to expect them to win it. Plus, I don't, want to, I don't want them to ruin wearing the Kelly Green jerseys again on that night. Listen, the, the – <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. The, the, the tougher, <laughs> the tougher, the toughest game I think that they're going to face down the down the stretch, you, and you guys, you know, are going to be shocked that I'm saying this. The toughest game that they're going to have down the stretch is going to be the Dallas game, because having to go to Dallas is going to be, you know, that marquee game. I still believe that they're a better team than San Francisco. The offensive line is going to have to play better because with all of those pass rushes on that San Francisco line, you know they're going to have they're going to have some issues. They're going to have their hands full with with um, with Chase Young and Bosa on the other side, you know, and Javon Hargrave rushing up the middle. Um, but I think that the Dallas game that's going to be the game because it's the divisional game and Dallas is going to be fighting for their playoff lives. You know, San Francisco is already in a good spot. You know, and they're gonna they're playing some games that they're gonna win the next week before they actually face the Eagles. But you know, I, I just I don't see them losing to the Bills. It'd be a major letdown. It'd almost be like the Jets game if they lost to the Bills, in my opinion. We shall see what we shall see. 
Thanks, everybody, for staying up late with us on the Pond La Hockey Eagles postgame show. For Mark Farzetta, for the Doc, for Kayla Santiago, for Seth Joyner, and especially for Derek Gunn uh, back at home. Take, uh, take care of your family, D. Gunn. And happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Spend some great time with your family. Uh, eat some turkey. Make sure your Uncle Joe snored on the Barco Lounger <laughs> after the turkey doesn't mess up your dessert. All right? Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. We will talk to you next Sunday right here from Ocean Casino on the Pond La Hockey Eagles postgame show. Good night, everybody. Hey, Philly, it's Tom Giordano from Pond Lee Hockey. Follow us on Instagram for your chance to win free Eagles tickets all season long. That's right, I'm talking regular season, playoffs, and even the Super Bowl. So follow us on Instagram for your chance to win free Eagles tickets. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Hondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. My name's Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.